0: The Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Today we are starting a new book. But it is kind of tricky because we have previously recorded some of Mark already. (laughs) So sometimes you'll see us. Sometimes you'll see us on a different podcast set, and sometimes you will only hear us. And yeah. that's because our hope is that we'll be able to finish the entire book of Mark mm-hmm. with you, whether they were older or newer yep. podcast episodes. We'll just have yeah, the entire they book. I just want to keep
1: you. you on your toes. You never know if you're going to hear us or see <laughs> us or what we're going to be looking like or where we're going to be at. Yeah. So now we're here.
0: Mark chapter one. Mark chapter
1: one. What um, separates Mark? from the other Gospels, is Mark is the shortest. It's also like the most...
0: Not physically, like in nature, in stature. We don't really know if he was... Yeah, yeah.
1: maybe Mark was 5'9". I don't know. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> Luke was 6'4". four. looked in like her I don't know. Length, um, um, Mark is 16 chapters. Yeah, <laughs> it is action-oriented, so it just goes from one scene to another. Right. Um, he keeps it very short and simple. Mark, John Mark, the one who is the author of this book, we think is also the same John Mark who went on the missionary journeys with Paul Mm -hmm. and those guys in the book of Acts and also kind of left Paul high and dry and caused a falling out. And so later on they were reconciled. And then what happened is John Mark Mark uh, spent a lot of his time with Peter. And so he writes from Peter's vantage point, Hmm. the gospel of Mark. So it's, it's very similar. is from Peter's testimony, Peter's recollection, Peter's memory. Yeah. Again, eyewitness. Right. Because John Mark was not with Jesus throughout the Gospels. Right. He's getting it from Peter, and so that's what we have to begin by telling you. So now, as we as we look Love at it, it now, mm-hmm. he begins by talking about how John the Baptist has come to prepare the way of the Lord. It says like in verse four, as John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, he was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness. of of sins. Later on, it says John made clothing of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. So John was a He's crunchy our, dude.
0: Our favorite. John's a crunchy races, yeah. dude. Right? <laughs> he'd fit in well
1: with the hippies of today, the new agers, I think, in terms of the appearance. But he was pointing to the coming of of Jesus, and so John knew that it wasn't yeah. his place to like forgive sins. Hmm. He knew that his baptism was only a baptism really pointing to a greater one to come. Preparing, yeah. So he was constantly preparing people for the the greater one. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not even able to untie his sandals. Yeah. It's going to be a greater one. So Jesus is coming, and now it's the way of Jesus that we're called to follow. As yeah. Jesus comes, Jesus is baptized. Jesus talks about denying ourselves and following him. That's why I think when it comes to like this imagery of following Jesus and not really following John, which is, is just so important to look at, is that Jesus doesn't say, you know, just you go out and, and do these things. Jesus is saying, follow me and f- do as I do, do I say do, as yeah. I say, live as I live. And one of the commentators kind of painted this picture I've, I've heard before of a father going to get his, his child from school in a country's school day, lots of snow, hmm. you know, knee deep. And the child is so small, the child cannot go his own way but I've actually been in a few situations where I had to follow like an older person my dad through the snowstorm to get back to the vehicle or get home or maybe we're just sledding and having fun but I actually had to look at his footsteps and put my feet in his footsteps to get (laughs) out and to get away yeah and Jesus promises us that his way is best and that he promises to be with us but it's not necessarily like um pain-free yeah it'd be difficult Mm-hmm. And John is baptizing people, pointing everybody to Jesus, saying like, "Hey, we we need Jesus to come." And then Jesus shows up. Yep. Next verses, verses like nine through twelve, and the Spirit leads him out into the wilderness.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly what happens. So I think the number one reminder we I love this. We love the Sally Lloyd Jones Kids Bible. Lately, we've also been loving Kevin DeYoung's Kids Bible. Oh, that's a good one. The one there's a picture in the Sally Lloyd Jones Bible of Jesus baptism, and. The, that I think just always comes to my mind. And, it, and the kids too, and we talk about it, like what happened here and how the launch point of Jesus' ministry always began with identity and him knowing his sonship, him yeah. knowing who he was, and then him being sent out. And the reason why that's just the, the magnitude is of that is huge. And it's so significant. It's because before, before we do anything, before Jesus did anything, he was known and he was loved by the Father. And then out of that love, then he's sent out and he's compelled by the Holy Spirit. And so another reason why that's so hugely significant isn't isn't that we um that we're reminded to work out of our being but also it sorry it isn't just that it's also a picture that this battle that's going on that jesus is stepping into Hmm. is so much more than the natural it's so much more than just what's going on on earth it's so much more than just the water um, that he's coming up out of, and so the idea that there's a Trinitarian God, that he's come to earth now, like we have this picture yes. in our head because of the baptism of Jesus, and then really another huge significant verse is verse 12, at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and so you you understand when you, when you read that language that it wasn't like a begrudgedly, like Jesus has to like He's going out and he's going to battle and, you know, he's, he's going to be really weak. It was actually the intention of the Spirit to lead Jesus and Jesus obediently followed yeah. out into the wilderness.
1: There's a lot to learn in, in this yes. little verse here. Yeah. I-
0: that's what we're going to do our best with all these verses. Because you, you think yeah. when
1: you're going to prepare for battle or war, yeah. like, I'm going to do my push-ups. I'm going to do my train, squats. yeah. I'm mm-hmm. going to train. Or if you're preparing for a test, you're going to study the X's and O's, of the economics, and what you're going to be asked of.
0: Yeah. And then
1: Jesus is preparing for game day, like his ministry. Right. Like we're going to start working towards the cross. Mm-hmm. And he goes to silence and solitude. He doesn't mm-hmm. eat or drink, and he physically becomes as weak as you can be. right. So that we're reminded, as we do the same, mm-hmm. that our battle is not, like you said, physical and in nature. Mm-hmm. It's cosmic and spiritual. Yeah. So I just appreciate so much of what Jesus did. Jesus was, in being fully God and fully man, becoming even more dependent on the Spirit. Yeah. And his mm-hmm. humanity was weak and tired. So I think, like, like you said, that's God shining through our weakness there. Yeah. What transitions next is Jesus just announces the good news. Jesus is actually right. going to speak it's now. It's go time. Yep. In verse 14 and 15, he's like, hey, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent mm-hmm. and believe the good news. Right. And so God, again, is is reestablishing the kingdom because what happened in Genesis 1 and 2 was God created everything as his heart and, and is intended it to be. Once sin came in, everything was perverted and confusing and vague and sin-tainted, sin-filled. He is now bringing heaven back to earth, saying, I have to reestablish what we had for a little bit there. And all throughout the Gospel of Mark, he's making these proclamations of victory. These declarations, Mm -hmm. like him walking up to the sick, or the lame, or the demon-possessed, or the Pharisees and Sadducees. And he is declaring and proclaiming victory and truth. I I wrote Mm -hmm. a couple of them down. Just like some of the exclamation points of what Jesus would say. Like, be quiet when he's talking to the demonic. Or come out of him. Or be clean. Hmm. Or your sins are forgiven. Or your faith has made you well. Or be open when he's talking about the ears or the mouth. Hmm. Or he is risen. He is not here. So if you look all throughout the Gospels, there are these moments of declaration, proclamation, victory in Jesus. Because that's what he came to do. Yeah. It's cosmic in nature. He's not just fighting physical beings like the Pharisees and Sadducees in Rome. He's fighting sin, demonic, Satan, saying the kingdom has come. And if you want to experience life in the kingdom, you need to repent and believe. And that has to be our response. Repentance is halfway. Yeah. It's half of it. The believing is the second half that's necessary. Hmm. So we can't just say, I'm sorry for what I've done. I have to say, I actually believe in Jesus and believe in the way of Jesus and then if yeah. you do you gotta live it out that your behaving and believing has to have a connection to it because yep. your, your behaving will actually reveal what you really believe Right. so here he's saying 100%. repent believe mm-hmm. and follow me and then next he's like I could do this by myself but I don't want I to I could
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what we're saying. Mark, it's jam-packed. There's so much to to go through. So we're moving on to the, the disciples, the first disciples. Yeah. So this is going to sound familiar. I'll read the first couple of verses. As Jesus walked with beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people at once. This is verse 18. They left their nets and they followed him. And so... You were kind of highlighting the difference between John the Baptist and Jesus uh, before Jesus baptizing, yeah. And how it was like John's, you know, preparing the way. We've read these Old Testament prophetic words about someone who will do that and be the voice calling in the wilderness. And then the same is true for how kind of their their disciples came to them. So the disciples yeah. came to John. Out in the wilderness, like they came yeah. and they found John. They're like, yeah. Hey, there's this crazy guy's eating locusts, he's talking about some savior or somebody. <laughs> Super crunchy dude out on the Let's corner go of see him. <laughs> the cactus and the rock, know. you know, or whatever. And so, Jesus, though, even, even while the message is um, the same repent, be baptized, um, the kingdom of God is near, it's yeah. the same fluid message. His followers are he's gaining them differently in that he's going to them.
1: His inner circle. For, for yes. Sort of he's going
0: to them and yeah. he's calling them uh, by name. He's telling them what to do and he's inviting them with a simple invitation. Follow me. Yeah. Come follow me.
1: And I do think that's a model for us today in terms of like, mm-hmm. like who are really walking with discipling. Sure. That, that inner circle. Yeah. Because sure. Later on multitudes follow Jesus. But when Jesus is looking around and saying, who do I want to invest in fully day in and day out for yeah. the next three years? And so the same is true with us. We have got to look at people the way Jesus looked at them mm-hmm. say, who can I pour my life into and, and pull into Jesus model of discipleship? And we can't just sit back like John the Baptist and go, I hope people come to me. I'll be on the corner of uh, Virginia and in Indiana yeah. here or whatever <laughs> it is. It's like, no, we have to go. You have to tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, I see great potential in you. The Lord loves you. And you almost call the good out of them. Like what well, you can yeah. see, and some mm-hmm. people can't see it for themselves. That, you know, they're just so focused on the mundane fishing or the tax collecting or right. the parenting or whatever. And sometimes yeah, you need a little yeah. do, 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 like, hey, you're a great mom. You're doing good at school. You're working hard. But there's also more. I want to invite you to follow Jesus with me. Then there's the, the text loops every day. There's the accountability and the repentance. And there's, there's a next level here. Mm-hmm. And it requires us to go to them, especially for people who might be in the world. It yeah. requires the fisher men to go fish for men hmm so that's That's a good word yeah yeah.
0: when you look at the response of it's always the immediacy i think that Mm -hmm. is kind of like shocking i because peter i mean sorry simon and andrew at this point you know there might have been like rumblings i guess if they're connected in that community of john the baptist and what's going on but still to encounter someone who's telling you to give up your entire lifestyle to come to something totally different and radical and for them just to respond and do it, I yeah. think is something too. That's, um, you know, at that time you're that it was kind of a big deal. I know it's a big deal for anybody, but I feel like we kind of think about like our jobs, our vocations, um, in just our life. But at this time. If you're a fisher, you were trained by your father or someone in your family. It's kind of like a a vocation of legacy that's been passed down. You've been, you've learned this craft. You've probably spent years under someone training. And now Jesus is essentially And your family is
1: dependent on it. A
0: hundred percent dependency. There is no other passive income, you know, (laughs) coming at this point. And so when you think about all that this decision entailed and then the quick yes of it, it kind of brings um, a little bit more space, I think, for reflection and just because while we say that the, the question and the invitation of Jesus to come follow you is, is simple because it is yeah. that doesn't mean it's easy no and so like yeah. you're saying with the snow and like yeah. we're going to continue reading in Mark um, the call of discipleship is one to call and live a cruciform lifestyle and die to yourself yeah and point to Jesus and to his way, and they're about to enter in.
1: Yeah, if you look at verses like 21 through 28, yep. if you have a Bible with subtitles, it says, Jesus drives out an impure spirit. And so here it's <laughs> yeah. like, boys, you're in the internship of Jesus. You're not just going to go to school and read a book about it. You're going to actually participate and do what we're talking about. Right. And so here's where you have the come out of him, be quiet. Mm-hmm. Demon comes out with to shriek. People are amazed. What is this? This guy has authority. What's happening? And so when you put yourself in the shoes of Of the disciples, it's like an internship. It's like, hey, do as I do, say as I say, now hop in and let's figure this out. Mm -hmm. And they get to participate in what Jesus is doing. It's not just a textbook. It's not an academic setting. It's them actually living and dealing with people, human beings, the messiness of it, the uncomfortableness of it. And they're right there in the middle of all of it. And so same thing is true for us today. Um, Look at what it says next, verses 29 through 34. It talks about how Jesus starts healing many. He heals Simon's mother-in-law. He mm-hmm. heals all these other people. The problem for us today is that we can be tempted to lock ourselves in a Bible study with other Christians and just study the word and examine the Greeks and the language and the Hebrew and yeah. how many times does this word pop up. And again, hear what I'm saying. Bible study is necessary. It's important. But if we limit Christianity to this, with yeah. circling our wagons, with we'll only hanging out with Christians and just studying the scriptures but not like doing what jesus did jesus is driving out demons right he is speaking the gospel and inviting people who believe in other things to believe in jesus we're called to do the same thing yeah we're not called just to come to church and sing the songs clap our hands read our bible and then keep to ourselves the rest of the week yeah you are called like jesus did to pursue other people um i'll read you this i got this from a study out of princeton there's a study at a princeton seminary They gathered the students together, and they read the parable of the Good Samaritan to them. Mm. Then they are instructed to go to a building across the side of campus on the other side of Princeton, and they were going to have to think about this talk on their way. What practical handles would you give them? What does it mean? Mm. They'd have to give a a teaching on this across the way. Well, what happened was they were urged to be punctual and not to keep the researchers waiting. Along the way, they, they planted, the teachers planted somebody who looked... Uh, like they were in great need right in the middle of their path mm. to this other building. And if the story of the good Samaritan is right. this person who got jumped by thieves beaten and left on the side of the road and the religious leader came by and the Pharisee and the Sadducee and all these people came by and they saw them and he didn't stop and take time to actually help them. Then the Samaritan came right. who actually didn't even like the Jews. They were enemies, saw this guy helped him out, bandaged his wounds, took him to the inn, paid for him to be, Um, paid for his recovery, Mm -hmm. really, and then left. So Jesus looks at him and goes, who's the the neighbor? Who loved here? And they're like, the enemy, the Samaritan. So these seminary students are being told, hey, here's what this story is about. And you got to go over there and and teach on this parable. Now, they planted someone who looked like they were in great, great need. You can probably picture somebody in your head. And they watched, and only 40% of the students, less than half, stopped and responded to the person
0: Hmm. on the way. And
1: so they were so focused on, How am I going to teach this well? Is there a good story I can communicate? Am I going to be able to elaborate it and really be punctual in the way I deliver? Mm -hmm. And really, they missed the message right in front of them. Right. He was right there. And so, you know, some of them did stop and, and help him. But sometimes we can get caught up in Bible study and just looking at what Jesus did and not actually doing what Jesus did. So there's that. Um, on the it's flip side, yeah. yeah. On the flip side, looking at like verses thirty-five through thirty-seven, some people just rush into ministry, and I would say like want to be the desire for justice, especially in our cultural moment. I'm just going to go do all these good things with very little. Uh, doctrinal or theological backing and not understanding mm. why we're doing this Yeah. or even with what motivation right. and or heart condition own. am I yeah. doing this mm-hmm. and we completely miss it the other side of things where you're like trying to do good but you're bringing glory to some perverted organization or some organization that has uh, horrible values and a mission statement is not godly and good right. or you're trying to get the credit yourself and maybe in our heart we're not thinking that we're like sure. it's all about me but it makes me feel really good. I contributed. I did good today. And God's not a part of it. If right. God's not a part of it, then we completely miss it. And so here, that's the opposite side. Sometimes the yeah. demands of ministry can get us to be like a hamster on a wheel, just like running, 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 doing, 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 and actually lacking a relationship, not only with people, but with God. Right. And so here, looking at the next couple of verses, Jesus models how after his yep. preaching and his exercising of demons and his healing, he goes to a solitary place. It says this in verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house, went to a solitary place. He prayed. Simon and his companions went out to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. Hmm. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That's why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in synagogues and driving out demons.
0: Hmm. Out of the
1: spiritual disciplines, after the obvious, like Bible reading and prayer, silence and solitude are needed more than ever in our in our moment yeah because there's so much sound it's so fast there's always stuff going on yeah people wonder why we're anxious today with all the voices all the speed go 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 and jesus models for us here solitary solitude quiet nobody else just you and god how that's really important
0: yeah, that's kind of how it all began, too. You yeah. know, it was just it was just them like it back to Jesus baptism again. And so I just really appreciate how we're getting the examples right in front of us. How I, so it's you were just talking about kind of like making one of two decisions, how you know, we're just do-oriented or we just kind of stick in our Bible study. And so it is with how we do life. Like maybe I think sometimes we learn things about ourselves, whether it's the Enneagram or some kind of professional test. We're like, wow, I'm really, I'm really extroverted or I'm a number two, right? This is, you know, these are things that I just do. Well, when we walk the way of Jesus, though, we're called to surrender all that we are and who we are to mm-hmm. him. And then we're actually formed in his likeness. And so in his likeness, he's spending time on the front lines with people, tangibly meeting their needs because we're embodied people they need we need to be fed um you know we have diseases we need healing um there's obviously the spirit realm so so he's on the front lines there but then he's also modeling and showing us how there's actually there's there's a quiet there's a quiet inner life that we need yeah. to tend to also. So there's an exterior and an interior. There's You oscillate between the two of them. Oscillate.
1: Great word drop, Precious. That's good.
0: That's really good. Okay, Last sorry. time you used
1: oscillate in a sentence. And so,
0: Never. I appreciate that. I think sometimes it's like, you know, no, this is who, you know, you're extroverted. You go out there and you evangelize and you do this or that. Or, you know, yeah, you're more introverted. You stay like we, we all can give glory unto God in, in who we are. And so, as mm-hmm. we transform into Christ's likeness there's a call to actually walk like Jesus did, and that includes being <laughs> around people, people and being alone with God. Yeah. And so, just encourage to to hear, because you do hear that often, like you're saying, you, hear, you see Jesus out with the people, and then you see him, you know, um, in the cool or the dark of the morning. He's yeah. alone. And anyway, I also love your Simon... <laughs> How everybody's like, everyone's looking for you. I think there's going to be times where yeah. like, you know, the decision is same thing with the good Samaritan story. So really, when you look at the history of that story and the Levite and the people who the people who pass up the man who was maybe dead on the road some could say that they actually made a quote good decision because well they were probably going to a ritual and they didn't want to be unclean and if they touch a dead body then they're going to be unclean and so they definitely can't go and then try this... to
1: justify it yeah it's like so, reasonable well means. they're yeah. trying to
0: make a good decision yeah and so there's an invitation though in the way of jesus that's a better decision And Mm. I think sometimes we, whether it's our reputation or our cause or our self, you know, we hold that up. And Jesus is saying, don't hold that up. Hold my way. Or how we value our time. Yes. Yeah. And so anyway, really, really good stories there. It continues with, so we have another healing. Another healing. At the end. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Jesus heals a man with leprosy. And so in this, um, what's so interesting Mm -hmm. is that we are such complex people. There's like an um, emotional level. There is a a, a mental level, which obviously is very prevalent today. There's a spiritual level. There's a relational level. And we need healing in all these ways. Sure. And so just looking at at this right now, Jesus kicks Mm. the kingdom off. And you just see that Jesus embodies God's mercy, his kindness, his touch, brings healing to people who were just straight up excluded and kicked to the side because of the pain in their life. Right. Um, one of the things that has distinguished Christianity from other religions throughout the years is the Christian's willingness to enter into the mess, even when it ended up taking everything from them. Yeah. So like, there was this guy named Father Damien in the late 1800s who um, cared for lepers. And at this time, mm-hmm. they had taken lepers and put them off on the island. So basically they would all infect themselves, die, and not hurt anybody else. Well, Father Damien moved out there. It's called the Island of Molokai. And he went out there, lived with their corrupted bodies, the stench, the rats, the flies, and he carried out his priestly duty and loved these people. And he himself eventually um, contracted leprosy and died. Hmm. So for some of us, you're like, that's insane. That's what Christians have actually done throughout history.
0: They've been on the front lines. Yeah,
1: different examples running in. And so... Jesus never condemns people for their illnesses, their sicknesses, their maladies, even, even the times people have brought stuff upon themselves. It's like, right. yeah, it's your own fault. You did that. It's called the consequence. Yeah, there are consequences. Right. And Jesus still meets them in that and provides an, uh, an opportunity for redemption, for restoration, for healing. And so as the church now continues what Jesus has done, we're called to do the same. So
0: That's good. Mark
1: 1. There's a lot happening here, <laughs> I know. but we're excited to unpack the, the book with points. you. Yeah, that's, that's true. And uh, we'll keep them coming. So Mark 2 tomorrow. I hope you'll join us. God bless you. We'll see you then.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. He'll make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.